Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello, TSF family, and welcome to episode nine of season six of This Spiritual Fix, where today we are going to be talking to master feng shui teacher, Dame Marie Diamond. Enjoy. This Spiritual Fix, Two Mystical Mamas Hacking the Self-Help Game with Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Marie Diamond is one of the world's top transformational leaders, star of the major network TV show Feng Shui Your Life, best-selling author and expert teacher of the Law of Attraction and Feng Shui. She is an energy master and was featured in the worldwide phenomenon, The Secret. Marie has taught more than 1 million students over the last 30 years and has spoken in more than 30 different countries. She is a founding member of the Global Transformational Leadership Council and is both founder and president of the Association of Transformational Leaders of Europe. For her humanitarian work, she is a knighted dame. Hello, Anna. Hey, Christina. And welcome to Dame Marie Diamond. Welcome. We are so glad to have you here today. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much, Christina and Anna. It's so a delight to be with you. Yes, we are here to discuss today the new book that you have coming out, which is Feng Shui Your Life. And I've read it and having been a practitioner of Feng Shui for some number of years, I really appreciated how comprehensive and also how it really kind of boils things down to a very wonderful place. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the book and what was your motivation for writing it? Yeah, of course. So Folks Way Your Life is a really a, a beginner's guide for to understand, you know, what you can do with um helping your manifestation and your mindset by using feng shui in your life. And so it's really, feng shui is an energy system from the Asian culture, especially from China, where they really understood how the flow of energy is. It's like, you can almost like compare with the acupuncture of your home instead of the acupuncture of your body. And so when we, we do, for example, movement, we feel better. So let's say that in your home, if you move certain things around you, that you create some new energy. So you will start feeling better. So I actually wrote it because I really felt it was necessary that I would say the masses of the United States 
should really have a little bit more uh, comprehension about that. And of course, it's also for people that have already some uh, information and insight about feng shui like yourself, that still they can have like beautiful golden nuggets and a new way to look at feng shui. So it's a beginner's guide, but at the same time, advanced students really love the book um, because it just comprehends everything. So to really start practicing it right away. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. And I, and I would agree. I think that it, it helps because it can get complicated. I, and I, you know, I it can get very complicated with all of the different things to look at. And I really appreciate, um, and kind of the comprehensiveness of what it looks like. Amazing. Yeah. So how did you encounter feng shui and what was your life before you discovered it? Well, I was very early on in my life. I was 15 years old when I, for the first time, started working with feng shui. And before that, I would say my life was um, not the easiest and best place. I was very much bullied at school. I had a very um, difficult, uh, I would say, relationship with my abusive, emotionally and physical father. And so then it ended almost like because I had a, um, a truck accident. So I was run over by a truck when I was riding with my bike from school and they actually declared me myself dead. So they put the fabric over me. They were like ready to let me go. And I had a near death experience really. And so I went to the other side and there I got the message that I had to come back and enlighten more than 500 million people. Now I had no idea what that meant, of course, when I woke up a few days later, but apparently, you know, they had declared me dead for uh, a while. And so, but my mother came to the accident location and she insisted that they would try to revive me. And apparently that worked. Now, the interesting thing is after that, I had already a mentor that, you know, and that came into my life once in a while. And I asked him, what did I do wrong? I mean, I was already very much a model, um, a model teenager, I would say, not a model physically, but a model teenager. I was always a nice person. I was always trying to do good. I mean, I was nice as much as I could to my parents, to people around me. I was of service to my community, to my church. So I was really like not a typical, um, uh, I would say teenager. And still I had all this bad luck happening in my life. And so he said, you have bad feng shui. And that's the first time I, I heard that word. And I, of course, what I did, I started researching it in the library. But, you know, to be honest, in a Catholic school, there were no books on feng shui, right? So it was just too Eastern. Um, and so I, he, he taught me a few basic principles. And he said, if you don't feel good in the space, you need to go to another space. So I asked my parents to move into another bedroom. I painted in colors that I really loved. Um, and I, I painted, literally draw all images of things I wanted to have in my life, romance, friends. And within a few weeks, I had my first love. The bullies completely stopped uh, working against me. They actually became very friendly and some became my friends. My relationship with my father became much more uh, better. Like we had the better conversations and, and the abuse really stopped. But that was really interesting for me. And so there was like this big shift day and night. I mean, I was before, if I compare, I was like living in hell. And now suddenly I, I felt I was living in heaven. So it was just really an interesting shift. And I knew the only thing I really changed was changing my bedroom. 
and changing the colors and changing the images around me. And that is when I started understanding how what an impact your environment has on your mindset, because I'm sure it was my mindset that changed, you know? Um, so my way of feeling, uh, because I felt happier in that room. And because of that, I started attracting other things in my life. Yeah, that's that's so wonderful. And I, and I love the way that you describe that. I, I kind of have a, a separate question that I just that just came up, which was that the the environment impacts the mindset. How much have you find that the mindset also impacts the environment? Is it like, are you able to easily distinguish between how they affect each other? Well, you know, it's like, what is the chicken? What's the egg, right? So, um, so for example, um, uh, a woman that I met, um, she was quite like, feeling herself as a victim, feeling like, you know, life is like not not nice to her. Like that was kind of her attitude, right? And then um, I come to her and she's like, oh, it's really people are criticizing all the time. They're always judging me. And so I look at, at her entrance is the image, a modern image of like words. And one of the biggest words on that image was victim. And so I was like, each time she opens the door, she sees that word. Like subconsciously, you see everything and picks up everything around you. So I asked her, when did you make that purchase? And she said, well, literally a year ago, I said, did you already feel a victim before? She said, yes, I did. But it actually has increased my feeling of being a victim. So I would say, I, I do believe that people, when they feel single, when they feel lonely, that they start adding images of loneliness around them, like images of single people. But of course, it, it exponentially creates more of it because what we focus on, we create more of. And so even if that's subconsciously, so I would say, yes, there's a start sometimes from our own mindset, our own feeling. And, um, but, you know, we exponentially add to it by placing certain things in our environment. And then it, it's like, literally, it doesn't help us. It just brings us more downward in the spiral. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're making it material, right? Where you're making right. energy, energy becomes physical and dense in its matter, right? Yes. right? Yeah. Yes, yes. No, thank you for that. Um, so I I studied Bagua Feng Shui, and in our podcast, I have I've talked about that in the past. But you have created a, a new Feng Shui, which is Diamond Feng Shui. Can you kind of describe what it is about that and what's unique about it in in your journey? Yeah, of course. So I'm a traditional. A classic trained feng shui master. So I'm trained by a Chinese grandmaster. So I really understood that there's a, a classical way. So I, diamond feng shui is not a new way, but what I created is bringing the classically trained uh, systems, what is mostly based on the compass, um, actually connecting in with your birthday. So finding your energy number and then seeing what are the directions in your home that for you personally are the strongest. So the bag was a little bit more general in that sense. It's not based on birthdays. And then I brought that together with the law of attraction, with uh, connecting with uh, the, the brain waves, how it affects your quantum physics field. So I kind of created a classically trained system in a more modern context so that people would more understand it because I'm teaching most of it to people that are in the self-help or in the spiritual journey. So I kind of brought it more, you know, in a, a more modern Western context, I would say. Can you talk a little bit more about that personal energy number, how you can figure out what it is and then what it means? 
So it's very easy for you to find that out. You can go to my free app. It's, you put in Marie Diamond in the app stores. And so when you um, putting that in, you will be asked to put in your birthday and your birth gender because it's based on your energy profile from birth. It's connected with your DNA. And so as it calculates, it's not a typical numerology. It's a calculation. There's a formula behind it. Then you come to a number between one and nine. And then when people have their number, now I know this is audio, so just, you know, try to follow, uh, you know, as you're going into the app, you will see that you will be uh, seeing there's, it says your diamond compass. And when you click on that diamond compass, you literally see um, a success direction, a health, relationship and wisdom direction. So what does that mean? Yes. So you, I don't know what number are you, Christina? I'm a seven and she's a three. A seven and a three. Amazing. Yeah. And a bringer of light. How beautiful is that for this podcast? <laughs> yeah. And you're bringing light. I love it. <laughs> so I'm a connector, right? So what does that mean is that there's a certain uh, archetype of how you approach life. Let's put it this way. Yeah. But most important is there are four compass directions that work for you better than for somebody else. Like for you, Christina, your success direction is Northwest. While for Anna, it is uh, South. Yeah. So that means that in, that doesn't mean you cannot work together. That's totally uh, possible. But in the room that you are, for example, in your bedroom or in your workspace or in your living room, your success flow, your success energy will be different from each other. Yeah. So let's say you have the logo of your podcast, right? So you can put the logo of your podcast in the Northwest because that will activate Christina's energy. And you can put the logo of the podcast for Anna in the South because that activates her energy. So it is actually how the chi, the energy flows differently for you. And so we have four pillars of a strong house and we need not just to focus on success and money, that's your success direction, also about your health and well-being, about your relationships and about your wisdom. And wisdom is all about how you align yourself with your religion, with your spiritual beliefs, with God, with the universe, whatever that is for you. Feng Shui is not a religion, it's just an energy system that can be practiced by whatever beliefs you have. So, but this is how we look at the space. And of course, the book Feng Shui Your Life brings you through this personal journey. And so it's like, you know, Bakawa is, is a beautiful basic system, I would say, but it's not personalized enough, right? So the classically trained, we go much more with the birthday because we see is that you can really distinguish more what is happening in your life. And so as we're going through that, you start looking at what's in my success action. So you try to declutter that. And then you, you want to always de-block first. So put everything away that is not related with your success. Let's say um, I have an, an image of somebody drive, uh, riding a horse, right? So, I mean, that's not really what I'm doing. Right. So it would be for me, it would be my books would be there and my awards would be there. Right. So that's kind of what I would place in it. But if, for example, if you are, you know, horseback riding is like your passion and your profession, you could put that there. Right. So it, you have to make it more personal. 
right? That's kind of what it's focusing on. And then um, you also need to activate. So that's where the acupuncture energy comes from, by placing certain things that relate, that resonate with you, right? And that could be practical things that you love. And it can be books even about success, about leadership, about wealth. Uh, can be images of people that you look up to, right? That you're feeling like this is a great inspiration for me. Uh, but it can also, based on, on the elements of feng shui, could be that I would insist that you would place a, a plant, for example, or a crystal. or So depending on what kind of the five elements, earth, water, uh, wood, metal, and uh, fire, that you need in that area. But it's actually, um, I would like to say, energizing your, your house based on your birthday. Yeah. So... This is a question. I know this is weird, but this is the way my brain thinks works. And I've always wondered about this. Like if, if your, you know, success and career was in, in the South, right. Or the, the, you know, the Northwest for me, um, should I face my desk that direction so that I'm looking in that direction or should that direction be at my back? Mm. So the first step for your desk is always making sure you see the door. Okay. Yeah. Unlikely yeah. whatever direction that is. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're in a commanding position, a power position, mm -hmm. and you see the people coming into the space. So it doesn't mean you have to see the front door, but the front door of the space you're in. Yeah. So somebody yesterday was saying, well, I love looking at the view. I said, yeah, but people don't come through your window. People come through the door. Even if you're online energetically, people will follow, you know, where you come. Like, and we're looking right now at each other, but I still see the door because I still see the energy coming in. So that's the first rule. The second rule is, so when you look at the diamond compass on the app, you will see there are four directions. Mm -hmm. And if you can face, look at one of your good directions, that means your brainwave will actually change into alpha brainwave. So when you're in alpha, you're more creative, you're more optimistic, you're more um, focused on the future, solution-driven. So that's why we try to always look at the door because that enhances our uh, alpha brainwaves already and facing a good direction. So you don't have to sit in a good direction, you know, to be in a good feng shui but you need to look at it so it's like your your eyes need to connect in with the flow of chi coming in from that direction that makes so much sense and i love how you've connected it with the brain waves we talk a lot about that on the podcast in terms oh, of like what are you doing when you're getting into alpha state and things like that so that's really lovely to know that there are directions that can actually help I just, yeah, I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. If you're, for example, sitting with your back to the door, and we have done tests on that with encephalograms, when you're sitting with your back to the door, then literally people have much faster um, beta brain waves because they're focusing towards the back of their brain. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting more into the reptilian brain. They go more into fear. They focus more on the past, more on the worries, on what has gone wrong. So that's why when we turn our desk around, we see right away within three seconds, it's very fast, we see that alpha brain waves start going more and more into our brain. And then when you face a good direction, that's adding, and you can even go to theta brain waves when you face wow. a good direction. 
question more and more. If you're facing a direction that is empty on your compass, you will, even if you see the door, you will still have alpha, but you will not spike up to theta. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I, I can't help but notice like you have a vase with orchids behind you. What what direction is that in your office? For anyone listening, uh, Dame Marie's has a orchids behind. What direction is that? And then how does that relate to your your um, personal energy? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So actually, I am facing um, northeast with my computer, and that is actually the south. Yeah. So the south is stands for, um, you know, everything with plants, blossoming energy. So you see there the the plant, but what you don't see there is also I have the eagle because uh, a bird is also a representation in the South, just generally, not personally for me. And for me, connect with USA, that stands for the eagle, right? So I have that. But then in the other side, you see it over there. You can't see it now because it's audio, but you will see there um, my awards will be there. My books are laying there. Um, I have actually a fountain there because this year, a fountain is really strong for the Southwest. So that's my success of action. Yeah. So I'm kind of just between the two of them. So, but every place, especially I focus first on my um, health, uh, success, um, relationship energy. And like in my relationship direction, I do have images of my team. I have images of some of my celebrity clients. I have also a globe because I am in more than 190 countries. And so I make sure there is a globe. So as your podcast is international, would actually be interesting to put in the Southeast for Anna and in the Northeast for Christina, a globe, because then you're telling, I'm opening up for the whole world. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> for yeah. like a little... Personal advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things you talk about um, in your book is you talk about the three different types of luck. And could you talk about that a little bit more and like what your experience has been of the three and how they kind of interact? So one of the first things that I learned from my grandmaster is that you know, a lot of people are focusing just on the mindset, you know, uh, to really increase uh, their good luck, to increase their their life, to, to get to their full potential. So what uh, he shared is like there's three aspects to the law of attraction, to good luck, or to, I would say, manifestation even. So the first part is your heavenly luck. And your heavenly luck, that's actually the luck we already received when we are born. So I, some people will say, well, I don't know that I was so lucky, <laughs> right, where I was born. Like you have your family, you're born in a certain country, you have certain talents, have some challenges that you also have. So you have like a basic package that you come in with. Like, let's say you have a beautiful voice to sing, right? That is a part of your package, right? I don't have that, but, you know, some people do. And then some people say, well, that's your destiny. That is your karma, and I would say yes, but that is not everything, right? So we know since the 70s, the 80s, a lot of people understand that not just having your destiny, but that you can control that destiny by changing your mindset, by taking actions and taking different decisions. We call that second part the human luck. And the human luck is really how you use your human potential. 
Yeah. So even the talents that you have, you have this great voice, but you never practice that voice. You only sing literally under the shower or you, you like take the chance to be, I don't know, in the voice of America or something. So where you like take a decision to come out and to practice, that is your human luck. So to have the right mindset, to feel good about yourself, to be grateful, to take actions. So that is something where I would say, um, most people think that's 100% of the law of attraction. What is really not true? That is just um, something we need to do every day. It's a discipline almost, right? And then there's the last part. And that is what fascinated me is that the last part is your environment. It's actually where you live, sleep, and work. It's actually that part is something we can change. And we don't need a discipline for that. Like literally setting your desk differently, hanging something differently. It, you put it there and then it starts working. So it's a subconscious level. Yeah. And But we do know that uh, somehow we feel that when we go to a certain place and we feel like the vibe is off. Right. We go to a restaurant and we're like, yeah, the food is good, but I don't like the, the atmosphere. Right. So perhaps the, if we then look at it, the feng shui will probably be, will not be so positive. And then if you go to another place, like it doesn't look aesthetically so pleasing, but it just feels so great there. Right. And you can even have that in your own home. So it means the environment is affecting you subconsciously. And what I learned from my grandmas is when you have a good environment, it will support a positive mindset and it will also support to fulfill your full potential and your purpose. So that was just life changing for me, that information. And I thought like, well, you know, in, in the West, nobody talked really about the environment in that way. And so also when I started working with, you know, uh, top illuminaries in the self-help world, when they came to me and said, Marie, I'm stuck. Right. I'm stuck with my practice. I'm talking to people like the late Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield, John Gray, Marion Williamson. Um, so all these people, John, um, they came to me and they're like, Marie, I feel like my own system doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, my mindset, it doesn't work anymore. I said, yes, but your environment is actually needs to be aligned with your mindset. If it's aligned, then things will go easier and more effortless because it's, it's grounded, it's, it is supporting you. And so when I then came in and, and sometimes I had, you know, got into a new house and the new house was not supporting them, they were placing the wrong direction. So I changed things around and suddenly it's like they got through the ceiling again of and their mindset could open up again. And so that's what I've seen and that's why I've been talking for the last 30 years to people in the spiritual world and people into uh, the more self-help, self-development uh, area that people think, well, I, I do something wrong with my mindset. No, it's possible the mindset of your home is just not aligned with the mindset in you. And so when you align all that, then it's where there's an effortless energy coming in. Like, so what I see is that you can reach that mountain, you know, the top with a lot of willpower and a lot of uh, action, but at the end of the road, you're exhausted because you, you're on that point, but you have forgotten to live, to have joy, to have fun, right? And so when you have a, a bad feng shui, it's like you have the wind against you. you. You can push through it, but it's more difficult. But when you have good feng shui, you have the wind behind you. And so then you go easier and effortless to the top of the mountain and you're not so exhausted at the end of the road. And so you have more fun and more happiness along the way because everything is in harmony. 
and not into disharmony. I don't know if that helps you to understand. That does. It helps so much because I think to your point, it really feels as if a lot of the, you know, we kind of talk about it in terms of shadow work. It's like you can only do so much shadow work to try and unblock yourself from whatever. And then at some point there comes a thing where you're just like, there feels like there is something that is working against whatever it is, right? And there's only so many things that you could, so many processes that you can do to shift things inside of you. And a lot of the times it may be sitting on the outside. So that really helps a lot. And I, and I love to hear that, that, you know, it's also really nice and heartening to hear that there are people who like create systems right? Like you're saying, like all those people, they create systems and they're like, my system stopped working. It's like, well, that's because you have to change your perspective on what it is that you're trying to affect. Like it, it feels nice to know that people like John Gray, Mary and Williamson actually have like, they're like, ah, <laughs> and you're like, you just got to change your earth look, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really interesting. Like that's what happened with uh, Rhonda Byrne from The Secret, who yeah. like became the classic in the law of attraction. And so she called me and said, Marie, the secret is not working for me. And I said, let me come to your apartment. She just had moved to LA. And I said, let me come to your apartment. And said, what do you want? And she said, well, I want to be on Oprah Winfrey show. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you where you exactly in the acupuncture of your home needs to put um, Oprah Winfrey. So we bought a magazine from the old magazine and put it there. And then interesting enough was... I called some of my uh, colleagues that were on the secret already that were my clients, right? 50% of the people on the secret were my clients already at that point. And so I said, well, why don't you put exactly the old magazine or an image of uh, Oprah there because she wants to get on Oprah. And so within a few months, you know, the producers called and, you know, history was made. So that's one of the reasons people call me the secret behind the secret, because, you know, it's like a lot of people say, oh, it's all the mindset. And say, yeah, but there was somebody behind it telling where they had to place the old magazine. (laughs) That's lovely. It's so wonderful. So in feng shui for the people like myself, who's a very big amateur in all this, um, you call them cures, right? Where you go into the home and you quote unquote, fix an arrangement. You call it a cure. What's your favorite cure? What's one of the neatest cures you've ever done? I mean, the Oprah one sounds like one actually, but do you have another, (laughs) another one or one that you go to one that you use? Yeah, I you know, one of the things that I really love working with is um, crystals and especially the rose quartz crystal. Um, so when people are single and they are looking for love, I, I love using two rose quartz hearts. Yeah, they're not expensive. It's easy to find. And to put that next to their nightstand, yeah, or because then they're like inviting that love. So, and also if they can know their relationship direction, I put also these two rose quartz hearts in their relationship direction in their bedroom. That is a cure that just really, I've seen does wonders. It's very simple, but just make sure that the hearts are connected with each other, not like separate from each other. So that they're almost like uh, together, like the points are together. Right. Yeah. So it's like saying like uh, I, you know, I'm I'm touching somebody else's heart. Yeah. One of the things I see that people when they do that, they start being more accepted and loved by others. Just generally, right? It's like people start saying more like, "Oh, I love you. I appreciate you." Like this is this um, 
cloud of love coming around them. And then they start also attracting, um, you know, the love, the person that they want to be with in their life. So that's a, a very beautiful one that I adore. But of course, there are some no-nos also about uh, relationships. So one of them is make sure that you um, have no water images in your bedroom. So when you have water images in your bedroom, you become more emotional. It's like you're draining yourself. And I always see a lot of people do not attract a romance because of too much water or too much blue, like blue curtains, blue um, um, wallpaper. So that is really affecting them. Uh, you're laughing so. I'm laughing because my bedroom is blue right above my bed is like a picture of a beach <laughs> I do also have like two pictures of lovers next to water in my bedroom as well but I think that's hilarious because it's like hmm, my pink the wrong color <laughs> and uh, how is your love life <laughs> well, she's married <laughs> it's busy <laughs> busy okay. too busy too busy. <laughs> busy so i would definitely um suggest to take that water away yeah because it drains energy but it's also it's not just um on the romance level it's also on your physical body just think about if you would be surrounded by water would you feel like you're always like on alert you're always on uh surviving mode to be honest yeah for your body because being in the water all the time you need to survive so take that out, paint that. Best, better colors would be warmer colors like earth colors, beiges, browns, yellows, pinks, a peach uh, is very good. Also metal colors, gold, silver, whites. Um, but the ones I would avoid definitely in the bedroom for romance is blue, anything with water, um, green, because if we do too much green, then we think our subconscious thinks we are nature. And when you're in nature, you're more alert because you like green is great in places like a living room or dining room where you're awake yeah um, and also too much red yeah because red is too much fire and then people have much more heated arguments so these are like a few things that you, you can play with oh that's so wonderful thank you the um the, you the question painting now right right <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because it literally took like a year to get it painted in the first place because of being so busy right <laughs> be like that I'm like I'll go home and be like guess what I have to do it again <laughs> the um so what would be what would be this is like my son often gets like as soon as you said you have bad feng shui I literally was like mm -hmm. like it came in to me that my son there's something going on in his room and I just he often gets sick and he often has bad dreams. Is there something that we could, and I know, I know there's so much stuff with giving cures, but I, I'm just curious well, if there's something that could, that could help with either of those things in terms well, of. Well, um, it could be that he sleeps the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. With head. So for when you're sleeping, you want your head to be pointed at one of your good directions. Uh, especially for children, if that's possible, try for them to see the door. So that's one thing. Uh, check out his four directions to see if there's like, you know, scary things in that area. Like I remember this uh, boy and he had all the time these dreams about war, but he had like all his, um, you know, toy weapons in a box in his um, health direction. 
Yeah. So he was like, it was affecting him subconsciously. Right. So check the four best directions and de declutter that area. Make sure there's not too much uh, animals or cars, like things that make noise almost like around them. You know, sometimes they do like, um, um, you know, bed linen with like cars on it. And I'm saying, yeah, but it's like they're run over by a car. Literally, their body is. So be careful. Make it calmer. Now, it's possible that this is the is a problem, just feng shui, but it can also be that we call that that it's more geopathic stress-related. So, and I think that's when I tune into it. It's more yeah. that. So in that case, you need to douse the place. Yes. One of the things we do have on the website is uh, marydam.com. We have beautiful energy rings that people uh, put uh, by and they put it under the mattress where the head and the heart is. Yeah. That's where you are curing all the geopathic stress oh, under the water. So that's something I would suggest really for your child. Uh, yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense because just outside of his house, there's a split tree, like just outside the house in his room, there's a split tree. So there's that's likely indicators geopathic stress. Right. So there's likely, oh. yeah, I doused for geopathic stress lines and I yeah. didn't, and I haven't done it for, I shockingly haven't done it for him. So that's amazing that you have a cure for that. We've talked about it on the podcast before geopathic stress lines. So that's yeah. really yeah. But thank you. And also, I just was thinking too, as you were saying, he has a pennant, like, you know, those little like triangular pennants. Yeah. They're right above his head. So it could feel like a saw blade or something that's like, yeah, it's like you need to pointing avoid, things um, down. Sharp things to be on the head of people, yeah. like even bookcases, like above the head of a child yeah. can really feel um, like the aura field of the child cannot open up, mm -hmm. right? At night. So the because our aura opens up at night. And so when there's things sharp on it or heavy on it, it will, you know, disturb their their patterns at night. Yes, so. or, or a bunk bed, I can imagine, sleeping on the bunk bottom of also, a bunk yeah. bed. Yeah. I always suggest people, you know, when they say, well, we have bunk beds and there's no other possibility, I said, switch them regularly, you know, mm -hmm. so that because the one on the bottom is always dominated by the one on the top, but the one that's on the top doesn't have enough space between the person, uh, the bed, and the ceiling, so the aura field cannot open up. So switch them regularly, so then nobody will feel dominant. Oh, that's brilliant. Like Thank that. you. Yeah. It's funny because my dad is does this without even realizing it. When whenever the baby and a family our family comes home from the hospital, he always makes sure that the crib and the beds have nothing, but he's scared of something falling on them. Right. Yeah. He's not thinking in terms of feng shui, but like none of the babies in our family ever has anything in the periphery of the bed because he's scared of things falling. But it's the same concept yeah. that aura gets it's to open. Concept. Yeah, in a way, he feels it probably that it's affecting them because especially babies, I know they put all this toys and singing things. I never did that with my children either because their aura field is so big. You know, you're actually already, you know, pulling them down and say, no, stay in your small body. Don't be your bright self, you know. So in a way, he's feeling it and he's perhaps expressing it differently, but he's, he's right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I have a question which isn't... A, a which has come up a lot on social media that, that I, in all the feng shui channels that I have, and I'm really glad that they're having the conversation, but I really was curious to ask you about it, which is how I originally learned third place from a feng shui 
master. It was the concept that like you have three places and and you have the, your home, you have your work, and then you need a third place. Yeah. So, well, we always uh, look from that perspective, like you have the space where you live, where you work and where you sleep. So to have the third place, that's a workplace, or it could be a meditation room, or it could be a place where you love to read. So to sometimes we need that third place to, um, to how would I say that, to activate you. It's possible your bedroom is not in the best energy, possible your workspace is not, but then perhaps we can still add it in another place, yeah? So that's what, yeah, I, I understand all the, the concept, but yeah, we say it in a different way. So, because um, sometimes, you know, people say like, well, I'm, you know, my third place, I have no space where I'm, I can face the right direction. I said, well, perhaps your dining room, yeah? Because when you're in your dining room and you can sit there and facing the right direction, then use that space to pay your bills, you know, or go online and answer your email. So at least you're in, in some good vibration. Because, you know, it's possible the front door is because we also look at front doors. The front door is not positive for you, the bedroom, not, you know, the, the workspace. So we always try to find at least three to five hours somewhere in the house where you always are in a positive flow. That makes so much sense. That That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, and, and I just have to say, if you guys are liking this part, like the whole book is just filled with so many wonderful things. I especially love all the illustrations of the bad. That's like my favorite thing to look at bad feng shui. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a really silly thing, but I'm just like, gosh, yeah, that's terrible. Who would do that? Right. But then again, I'm just like reflecting on my own son's feng shui in his room. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, for children, you know, you really need to look at their own bedroom, you know, you can, that's the first step. Um, so, you know, I just moved into a new house in Los Angeles. And so my kids were like, because they have the app, right? So uh, they're like, mom, my bedroom is good. And then my daughter, yeah, my bedroom is good too. So, and my husband like, is, is it good for romance? Yes, it is. Because we're 33 years married. And like, yes, it's all good. It's great feng shui. Okay, let's get this house, you know? So, but it's really fun when your children uh, start playing with it also. Yeah. Yes, that's wonderful. Is there anything else you would like to let our listeners know about your book or feng shui? So I would say just give that a try because it's possible you have felt stuck for a while. Or you feel like you have lack of clarity. You, you don't see how things move forward. So feng shui can really help with that. And like I said, the book is really a very practical step-by-step -step program connected with the the application that is for, available for free so that you literally can go through it by yourself or with a friend or like it's a great gift to give to a friend also when they feel they're a little bit stuck somewhere right so that's that's amazing and so just the last aspect of feng shui i want to talk about is uh for the bedroom still is mirrors you know because a lot of, especially in the united states a lot of people have mirrors reflecting their bed mm -hmm. and so what uh, some studies have uh, shown in China is that when you have mirrors reflecting your bed is that your blood pressure goes up and your white blood cells go up. That means there's more inflammation happening. So that it's really not good for your health. And the first thing I would say to people, cover the mirrors in your bed with or a curtain or take them out or put a screen in front of it at night. During the day doesn't matter. 
because you're not there. But at night, and the first thing that people always say, they sleep so much better. Yeah, they have a more restful night. And then especially also have to think symbolically what it doubles. Yeah, so that mirror doubles a person. You're there single, perhaps in your bed, but it doubles your solitude. When you were two people in the bed, it doubles the partners, yeah? But it doubles literally also your body. Like physically, a lot of people have told that it was easier for them to do diet and stick to their diet when the mirrors were gone because they're not doubling their body weights, yeah? So it's symbolically, but also there are some indications that it really affects your health. So that's one of the things I would love for you to be aware of. And a simple thing to change is like, get yourself a screen, put it in front of it. But also remember your television is sometimes acting like a, um, a mirror. A mirror. Yeah. It is reflective. So put a fabric over it. The last, you know, after you have watched television, put a fabric over it in the same color best as the wall behind it. So it feels like it blends in. So it's not longer a television anymore. Oh, that's so wonderful. It sounds like there's some really interesting studies that are going on that are validating what 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 has gone on. Are you are you directly involved with them or are you kind of no, just like cleaning the information? No, I am not. But you know, um, as functional masters, we, we really get um, input from what is going on in the Chinese universities because they, they really study not just the benefits from uh, their um, health health systems, right? They're the Tai Chi or Qigong or, um, you know, acupuncture. So there is more and more information around that, but also they have start looking into, uh, in the University of Beijing, they have started looking into the effects of feng shui. And I have seen this with doing tests on encephalograms. It's not a uh, scientific uh, long-term um, report that I can create, but I've done several times tests with people, even bring them in a cluttered area. And then within a few seconds, they start getting more and more beta brainwaves. And then you bring them into something that is organized and they go quicker into alpha brainwaves. Mm -hmm. So it really affects um, the chaos around us, affect us. And the order, the beauty that we create around us affect us too. So that we know that also from the directions. So we've done some tests on, you know, it's not like a long study, but um, yeah, it is definitely affecting us. And I think we just feel it, you know, mm -hmm. let's, I think women sometimes they come into a house and it's all chaos and like, oh, I need to, before I, I start the food, <laughs> I need to create some beauty in my kitchen. Otherwise I cannot cook. Right. So just like we feel it that, um, but sometimes we override it because we're so busy and we just don't pay, we pay attention to it, but then we override it because, you know, life is busy. But we should not override that feeling, that thought that we have. It's, it's so interesting. You have to wonder if there is some sort of biological imperative that like if things were messy, then they led to more disease or whatever. And so our brains naturally go into beta because they're trying to get into the executive functioning of like, I need to do these tasks as opposed to yeah. the more imaginative, creative space. Right. 
which, you know, has no biological imperative. And then when everything's taken care of on the human level, they can go up into that space. Right. Correct. And so, yeah, I think it's, there's still a lot of study to be done around that. And, uh, but I think, you know, as people are practicing the feng shui in your life, they will start seeing that, yes, I feel better. And then people start telling, you know, my students like, you know, oh, you're glowing. You you look so much better. You look so much younger, so much restful. What what are you doing? Or life is like getting better for you. What are you doing? So right now, I still feel it's like a referral system, right? People talk about it. And, but I've seen so many people like they start and then their whole family, their, their, their partners, their children, they all start practicing and they're sharing it. So it's like um, a positive virus going around now. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited to put a sheet over my mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. And <laughs> and so we would encourage all of y'all to download Dame Marie Diamond's app because you can find out your number from that yep. or to buy the book because there's also like a chart in there as well, right? That you can find your energy yeah. number from the yeah, chart. Yeah, because some book. people do not have access to applications. So yeah. we make sure there is also a, a list uh, yeah. in it that you can check this out. But if you have the app, it will be easier for you because then you can use the compass that's in there because it's then a compass related with your energy number. Yeah. So you don't have to download another app uh, or another compass. So it's very clear where your directions are. So I just created that because I know a lot of people don't have such an easy time to work with compasses anymore. So I made it more personal for them. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And and it's it, it's a it's a really I've I've been playing around with the compass on the on the app and things like that too. So it's really fun and it's wonderful to to get even more context from you and all the stories. So. Dame Marie Diamond, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate yes. you being here. Uh, but thank your time. you, Tina and Anna, and thank you for the work that you are doing. Um, you know, really releasing a lot of pain and suffering with shadow work and all the wonderful things that you're bringing into the world. So thank you for your contribution to humanity. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you. you. If you would like to learn more about Marie Diamond, you can go to www.mariediamond.com. If you would like to learn more about Marie Diamond, you can go to www.mariediamond.com and you can find Feng Shui Your Life wherever good books are sold. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, 
Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.